Hello, hello, and welcome to How to Thrive, a podcast about mind and body well-being for the modern woman. I am your host, Nikki Hursthaus, and within my day-to-day life, I work with amazing women like you who want to be confident around food and in their body so they can thrive. Just a reminder that the information discussed in the podcast is for educational purposes only and cannot encompass all the nuance and detail of every individual's lived experience. If you need some individual support, I encourage you to book a free discovery call to start that journey. You can find the link in the show notes. So this week here in New Zealand is Mental Health Awareness Week. And I am excited to bring you this episode all about food and mood. Just a reminder again that because the information discussed is just for educational purposes, I encourage you to seek support and guidance if you need at this point in time. There are some amazing resources such as the Mental Health Foundation, Aotearoa New Zealand Tough Talks, or free call or text 1737 at any time for support from a trained counsellor. So in this episode, I'm going to talk all about food and mood. So can food help improve our mood? Uh, Does our nutrition actually impact our mental health? And to begin, how is food and mood connected? So what we eat can affect our mood. There is more and more research showing that the quality of our diet can either be a risk factor or help protect against mood disorders. And by mood disorders, I mean depression and anxiety. There are a number of pathways in the body where food can influence our mood. So these pathways include inflammation and the inflammatory response, oxidative stress, and in particular, uh, as our gut is the home of our immune system, brain plasticity, and in particular, the health of the hippocampus, which is a region in the brain, all about learning, memory, and our mental health. The gut microbiota, this is a really big area where there's more and more research, mitochondrial dysfunction, and the gut-brain axis, which I'll talk more about in this episode. One really powerful effect of the quality of our diet, and so what we're talking about there is the types of particular nutrients that can really help improve our mood. When we're focusing on those things uh, as a recommendation to help improve our mood, the benefit of these are independent of all of the variables that also influence our health, such as socioeconomic status, education, and other confounding factors that influence health. So everyone can benefit from improving uh, the quality of their diet for their mood and for their mental well-being when we're focusing on particular nutrients. So When I'm talking about mood uh, and the research that has been done around food and mood, particularly and mental health, um, I mean, we could think of this as like mood and emotions, 
Um, and I think a lot of people could identify a time when they've sort of felt maybe a bit uncomfortable or a bit low in energy or sluggish if they've eaten large amounts of food or maybe there's also foods that make them feel more tired or irritable or not quite themselves and this could happen quite occasionally but when we're looking at how food can improve mood we're mostly looking at the likes of depression and anxiety and these are where the main discussions and the main research sits around our mental health. So you might be thinking, okay, we talked about diet quality. What does that mean? So what are the actual foods that can help improve our mood and why are those foods uh, a focus? So let's be clear. There's not one food that will help with mood and help with our mental health. It's about the overall diet, the patterns, uh, the consistency of what you're eating. Uh, but to begin, let's focus on a couple of nutrients that are really useful to think about with that diet quality and how that can help improve the mood. So this is where we want to look at foods that are rich in fiber. So with fiber, we're looking at variety and diversity. So this includes eating things like fruits and veggies, especially green leafy veggies, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. And then we've got uh, these foods that we call uh, polyphenol rich. So they're rich in polyphenols, which is an antioxidant. And this antioxidant, so the polyphenol content, is really high in berries and especially uh, this amazing food of extra virgin olive oil. And it's really important um, to acknowledge the benefit of that. And the Mediterranean diet and the Mediterranean diet pattern has had a lot of research behind it to look at how it's improved depressive disorders. And when they're looking at this and the impact that this has over a period of 12 weeks, following a Mediterranean-style diet, this eating pattern actually includes even up to three tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil a day because the polyphenol content is so rich in extra virgin olive oil and it is such a beneficial uh, component for our brain. And also where we get fat from in our diet is a really good way of looking at food from a mood perspective. Um, so excellent fat sources also includes extra virgin olive oil, but also things like nuts and seeds and fish, in particular those oily fish. So these foods that are rich in fiber, polyphenols, and also particular fats, these foods are often uh, seen as the foundation of the Mediterranean diet or a modified Mediterranean diet. However, there are quite a few similarities to other traditional diets seen in different countries around the world, and particularly those areas of those countries that fall into what's called the blue zones. Maybe you've seen a little bit more about that on Netflix recently. And so the similarities lie in that they're predominantly <coughs> sourcing whole foods and they're mostly plant-based. And the great thing is that these foods not only help boost uh, our mood, 
but also the health of our gut. So the fiber, the probiotics and the prebiotics that we get from all these different foods help support good digestive health and add diversity to the gut microbiota. And so the foods that help keep our microbiome happy also helps with serotonin, which is our happy hormone. And that's uh, produced in the gut and helps make us feel good. It can also help reduce our stress response. I mentioned prebiotic foods. So the prebiotic foods uh, can include things like bananas, garlic, asparagus, artichokes, oats, and apples. And these are really uh, great foods to include that can help restore that gut bacteria and the diversity of that. And we can get this from foods, and it's always great to focus on the food source before jumping into all the supplements. So when we're looking at whether there's any foods that actually impact our mood in a negative way, there has been some research looking at it. And the general pattern is that a lot of these foods are, I guess, a lot more refined and don't necessarily contain high levels of the things that are beneficial to the brain like fiber and polyphenols and um, particular fats. And these foods um, that have been looked at in the research, it's not necessarily that um, these are foods that you're going to always avoid, but it's knowing whether they take up the whole diet or only contribute uh, to a small amount to the diet overall. So like fried foods and fast foods and sugary drinks, you know, these aren't high in fiber and polyphenols and um, those particular fats that we need for our brain. So if we're thinking about whether those foods are going to help our brain, a lot of these have more to be shown that they have more of a negative effect and that's independent, so irrespective of whether there's other um, foods in the diet that help with our mood and our brain health. So someone could be eating all the fiber and all the antioxidant-rich foods at home, but if they're getting a lot of these other foods from outside of home, those foods can still have a negative impact on mood if there is that predisposition there. So if we're talking about how food affects mood, does our mood and our emotions also affect our food choices? And the answer is yes, absolutely. It's a two-way street. And um, I think we always need to acknowledge that we eat for other reasons other than just nutrition. So our mood and our emotions do also dictate our food choices. And sometimes we will seek comfort in food. That's part of why we eat. And it's thinking about whether this is something that is beneficial. Is it helping you feel better? Or is it something that's continuing day in, day out, but it's actually avoiding the underlying issue and making it worse? You know, so is it avoidance through emotional eating? And I guess the reason being is that often when we're seeking comfort from food, we can be avoiding the discomfort of the real situation and it can start the process of starting to I guess numb those emotions and numb ourselves to that. So that's where it's really important to consider acknowledge the role 
of food and our emotions and emotional eating is still a normal part of life. We just want to be clear on where it's a coping mechanism that helps or whether it's a coping mechanism that's more avoidant. The other thing is, is that everything we eat ends up in our gut and our gut and our brain are connected by the gut-brain axis. And this is a communication network between the two. And it's a two-way street, like constant communication all day, every day. And so when a person experiences anxiety, this can trigger gut symptoms. But then also the health of our gut and symptoms in the gut can also cause anxious thoughts and anxiety. The gut is lined 500 million nerve cells in itself. So there are a huge number of cells that are affected by our nervous system. The gut then communicates with the brain by the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is a big part of our parasympathetic nervous system and this nervous system is our rest and digest. It's like that part of our nervous system. But the vagus nerve oversees a huge number of functions. So digestion is one because it's that rest and digest, but also our immune response, our heart rate, and also the control of our mood. Our gut bacteria communicate with the brain via neurotransmitters, and this can affect our mood as well as anxiety and depression, depending on what bacteria and species are present in our gut. So it's quite a complex uh, connection between the gut and the brain. So if we're trying to look at what foods we could bring in to help with our mood, but also looking at that gut-brain connection, there's two sides to this. We've got to look at, I guess, yes, what we're eating, but also how we're eating and also how we're living. So that gut-brain connection is heavily influenced by our nervous system, our stress response, whether we are in that sympathetic dominant stress state or whether we're in that parasympathetic rest and digest state. But also, how long does it even take to see a difference? Like how long does it take to feel a little bit better from changing some of these foods to help with your mood? It all depends on what your starting point is. We need to consider what someone's experiencing, whether that's low mood or energy or actually diagnosed anxiety or depression. And we have to always remember that food is only one component when we're looking at mental health conditions and the treatment of those conditions. Some people may begin to feel better just with everyday emotional regulation and may have energy within days. Other people may find that their sleep improves and then that has a ripple effect out to other parts of their life. However, for significant improvement in depressive disorders, when we're looking at improving diet through uh, the patterns such as the Mediterranean dietary pattern, as seen in the SMILES trial, that this is for a period of at least 12 weeks, so three months. And everyone is different. So it's been shown that working with a dietitian to help improve um, your diet when you are looking to implement the Mediterranean-style dietary patterns for the improvement of depressive disorders 
then that really does make a difference by working with someone. And most of the time, the best place is to start with looking at not what needs to be cut out, but what's actually missing. So most people do need to eat more fiber, eat more fatty acids from nuts and seeds and extra virgin olive oil. And often these increases in high fiber, polyphenol rich foods with fats that we want for our brain to function well, then makes quite large shifts in the diet on its own. And it is important to note that for some, diet quality will be a huge factor for them. It'll make a big difference on its own. But for others, they'll still need their med- medications, talking therapy with a counsellor or a psychologist. But diet quality and implementing some of those dietary patterns does still make a difference here as well. So as I said, outside of the diet, there are other factors that also impact our mood. So lifestyle changes do have a big role in supporting our mood, and we can't ignore that when we're talking about this. Our lifestyle affects our mood, our mental health, our nervous system, and our gut. And one point to note with the Mediterranean-style eating patterns is that it also includes how we eat as well as what we eat. So it includes social interaction, increasing mood, eating with others, cooking, your own food, shopping and regular meal patterns. These all have a therapeutic effect as well. And another one which we haven't considered but is from a nutritional perspective is vitamin D. So our sunshine vitamin. And this is a really important one, particularly coming out the back of winter, where our levels would generally be slightly lower, that getting some more sunshine in a safe way is going to help boost those vitamin D levels. Some people will need to take a supplement to help bring those levels up, but you only supplement once you know what your levels are, and then you stop supplementation when your levels have returned to a level that is acceptable for you. So let's think about other lifestyle factors. Sleep. This is a really big one. Getting enough sleep, but most importantly, quality of sleep. So whether that sleep is restorative is so important. I'm pretty sure you could all think about how you feel after you've had a rough night's sleep and how much that affects your energy, your food choices, and whether or not you want to exercise. The second one is stress. We experience stress in our body just as much as we do mentally. And if you go back and listen to an earlier episode about how we talk about stress, I talk about how we've got our physical stresses, both internal and external, psychological stresses, and also social stresses. So then when you think about how your body reacts to stresses, think of, you know, nervous butterflies in your stomach if you're anxious about something and sort of that phrase being worried sick. Or even if you're doing exercise or a race, you have pre-race jitters and you might be running to the loo more often. So stress as well as anxiety puts us into this fight or flight state. Our nervous system is activated. It's in that sympathetic dominant state. 
And this affects how our gut feels and how it works and it affects our mood. Stress hormones may influence the gut's barrier, its function, and the balance of bacteria. Many symptoms in the body can be triggered by stress. And those with gut issues or a sensitive gut, in particular IBS, know that those symptoms can be heightened. But they can also be triggered. And so it's good to always consider where some of these things are coming from and whether stress is actually a really big uh, trigger or the root cause of the problem. And the third part of our lifestyle that I cannot emphasize enough is exercise, or I like to call it daily movement. And this is because moving your body daily is so important. Our bodies are made to move. It helps keep our gut healthy, reduces the stress hormones, and improves mood with the release of endorphins. And what is most important is finding something that you enjoy so that you will keep doing it consistently to help with that gut health, that gut-brain connection, and your overall mood. So let's just take a step back. Can food impact our mood? So yes, what we eat plays a really important and significant role in our mood and our gut health. Our gut health can influence our mood, but our mood can also impact our gut health. There is not one food that you can eat that will just drastically improve your mood. It's about the whole picture and more about what you're doing consistently on a long-term basis than what you might do in very short sprints. Fruits and veggies, whole grains, nourishing fats like nuts and seeds, extra virgin olive oil and oily fish, as well as uh, our legumes and pulses. These are all staples of that modified Mediterranean diet, and this is where we want to start to bring it all together. It's also really important to know when you're using food to self-soothe without considering whether there's actually more going on underneath and whether it's avoidance or whether it's just a good part of having food for comfort And if there's more going on underneath, you benefit from discussions with the likes of your GP, counsellor or psychologist. And so we've talked about mood and food a lot, but it's got to fit into the whole picture, into the whole lifestyle, because we can't just single out one aspect of our lifestyle on its own and say this is the key. It's about putting all the puzzle pieces together. And with regards to mood, we have to remember that vitamin D from sunshine, daily physical activity, good quality sleep, managing stress, and enjoying food with others. So hopefully that's given you just an initial overview of, you know, a couple of things that maybe that might help with your mood and the consistency of your mood long term but also just for your own general knowledge. So as I said this week, it's Mental Health Awareness Week and the theme is five ways, five days. So with the five ways for the five days, it doesn't just have to be about this week. These five things that you can think of and reflect on 
and take with you every day, every week, every month to check in on your own mental well-being and those around you. The more we can talk about the topic of food and mood, the more we can get that conversation going to know that it is something that we can try and feel like we have control over. Um, and we can also keep encouraging more support for those that need it. And so, as I said at the beginning, if you need one to one support for your mood, for your mental health, I encourage you to reach out to some of the incredible organizations such as the Mental Health Foundation, but also you can free call or text 1737 for support from a trained counsellor at any time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It's been great to share uh, this topic. It's a topic I'm really passionate about and no doubt we'll revisit to dive into this area in a lot more detail in the future. But if you enjoyed the episode, please do consider leaving a review. And that means more people will be able to discover the podcast and share this knowledge with those that need it. And just before I wrap up, take a moment to think about what's one thing you could do today to support your mental well-being. I'd love to hear any thoughts, any comments from today's episode, but I'll leave it there and I can't wait to share the next episode with you really soon.